This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to another edition of Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armitrout. Hey. Welcome to today's show. So various and sundry, uh, Jerry, we had a couple of good fights over the weekend. Yeah. Um, a good friend of ours actually had a fight. Uh, so let's start with that one, and then we'll work into one in UFC. So friend of the podcast... Owner of Ground Shark Coffee Company and all-around good guy, Nick Lowry, had his second pro fight at Fight to Win uh, 189 this weekend. And for those who don't know, at Fight to Win is a grappling-only tournament. There's no striking, just so yeah, just so every, yep, just so everybody's clear. It, it, it is a grappling-only event. Um, Nick competed in uh, in Nogi. And uh, unfortunately, Nick did not get the win this time. His uh, his day de- his pro debut, he he got the win in in pretty convincing fashion. Things didn't work out that way for Nick this time, but uh, Nick is gonna you know he's gonna bounce back oh, yeah. and he's gonna keep going. So be on the lookout for uh, Nick's next fight. We will post it up on our social medias when it comes across. Uh, but you know, congratulations to Nick for getting out there and doing the thing. You know, that's more than a whole lot of people can say. Yeah, I know not our listeners because all of our listeners are getting after it. But uh, you know, Nick's out there, you know, trying to make his his pro jujitsu dream come true. And you know, everybody needs to support him. So check out Ground Shark Coffee. Get you some good beans. Uh, they make excellent coffee. And uh, we'll continue to track Nick's performance and, and progress in the pro ranks. Uh, here in the near future, so we had uh, we had UFC last night. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, uh, we had fight night. Yep, another fight night with you know Jose Aldo and Rob Font. Uh, the preliminaries were, were pretty good. You had a lot of young young guys in the preliminaries uh, and women. Uh, I caught the prelims <clears throat> up through the night fight. Um, oh, uh, the night fight. Yeah. What, um, it's like the third one, the, the guy's last name's Knight. Oh, William Knight. Yeah, William Knight. I was Knight. like, night fight day. Yeah, they turned the lights yeah, off and, like, and put glow sticks on their what, ass. What's a and, night fight? Yeah. I'm like, did I miss something? It's like it's like night yeah. bowling, only with glow-in-the-dark boxing gloves. Yeah, uh, except the, the lot of, a lot of up-and-comers. Lewis, <clears throat> Lewis Smoke has been around for a while, but uh, he got uh, knocked out by Vince Morales in the first round, which is kind of a surprise because Smoke has never been stopped. So that was a good debut opening card. I mean, it's the opening card, the prelims, opening fight. So that was a pretty good one for him. Uh, then you had uh, Cheyenne Villamas versus Mallory Martin. Uh, and I was actually leaning towards Martin. Uh, Cheyenne won. And, I mean, she. it was a great fight. But, yeah, I mean, she – she seemed to control the fight more. Uh, Mallory Martin's a really good uh, straw weight. She's still – I mean, they're all both real young, so it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, they're going anywhere. Well, and uh, that, was a, that was a great fight to uh, exemplify what we talked about a couple of shows ago where the girls just come out and start yeah. banging because yeah. there was no warm-up no. in that fight at all. They all came out, and both Martin and Baez were swinging for the fences. Yeah, they, they were trying to get it, get it done early, and then they, went, they go for the full three rounds. And ends up being a decision. So I mean, yeah, but they were trying to knock each other out pretty quick. Uh, 
Brian Barberina, who's always a great fight, uh, fought Darren Weeks, and it went a three-round decision, 29-28 uh, across the board. Mr. Barberina, uh, Mr. Bob Barberina. Uh, Sorry. Weeks, Weeks had the takedowns, but that's it. Uh, Barberina was tooling him up on the feet, so that was a pretty pretty uh, fair thing. Uh, like the rest of the coconut bombs. So coconut bombs was in there. Um, yeah, uh, Maki Patolo. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, like I said, there. He got knocked out mm. uh, by Todorovic. When you know when it gets to those uh, Russian names and the little yeah. the little symbols above them, it's hard to know how to pronounce them. Yeah, he got knocked out. I was a little surprised because yeah, Patolio normally doesn't get stopped. He's normally either he wins and 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 going away fashion or it's a decision. Yeah, but yeah, he got he got stopped pretty quickly. Well, you know, towards the end of the fifth round, but he got stopped. Uh, main card, uh, Mickey Gall, Alex Moreno. Mickey Gall got a decision. You know, it was more, you know, it was just kind of a uh, – I just wasn't – I wasn't interested in that fight. Mickey Alex Gall, Moreno got the decision. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was uh, – I really wasn't – and I see how interested I was in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody got a decision, somebody won. Yeah, some, something something happened. I don't know. Um uh, Brennan Allen, Chris Curtis. Curtis got the TKO, and I mean Brennan Allen's a fighter, and mm-hmm. he got stopped. And Curtis, well, they was well, the the showstopper or something. You know, he's got a cool little fight name, and it's or game plan or something. And I mean, he he he, he put it on him. Now, one of the best fights was Clay Guida, Leonardo Santos, and Clay Guida was getting beat. I mean, he was losing this fight. Uh, Leonardo was was commanding it was a good fight and you, and uh, Santos is a high level black belt jiu-jitsu specialized in the ground game Guida got his back and choked him <laughs> and <laughs> nice. when he was finished he said that's wrestling <laughs> any fight that Clay Guida yeah. is going to be in I mean it's going to be a good fight yeah he's, right he never doesn't perform Guida does Guida's that guy that deserved the extension and he's a fan yeah. favorite, and he will fight his ass off. 37-18 and zero. That's yeah. a hell of a record. Yeah. I mean, and that's just his pro record. Yeah. He's, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, people are like, oh, he's got a salty record. Yeah, but he's been in there for a long time, and he's been in there against some killers. And he's fought pretty much anybody who's been a champion, he's fought them. I mean, at 37 and 18, yeah. I don't know that i call that salty. If it but was – For people nowadays, if you've got more – if you got – more than two or three losses, was, they yeah. act like you've got a bad record. It's like, you know. If he was batting 500, like, yeah. I might be able to say that's a salty record, but he's got twice as many wins yeah. as he does losses. losses. That's, yeah. And his losses have always, always been, been against top tier. Yeah, so. top tier, legit competitors. Like, he doesn't he doesn't lose to Kansas. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Crute, Jemiah Hall, I was a little surprised. I figured Jimmy Crute would actually win this fight, and he got knocked out. 48 seconds in the first round. Uh, he was pushing forward. He had hit Hill with a combo, and Hill was going back, and then Hill come through a right hook and just perfect placement, not crewed out. It was one nice. of those where he just – he did – he threw his – crew was moving forward, and, you know, the whole rule, you know, you throw, you get, get your hand back, protect yourself, and he didn't. He had his hands down, mm. and that hook come around and just dropped him. Uh, now, 
Brad Riddell and Fazev. This fight ends up becoming a KO-TKO for Fazev. Um, I understand, but uh, <clears throat> Fazev throws a spinning, hit, spinning heel kick as the buzzer sounds, connects, drops Riddell. So it's a knockout. But it's right at the buzzer, so the point, you know, the strike is moving at, you know, yeah. right, right before. So it's illegal shot, but they call it a TKO because Riddell gets dropped and he is out instead of going to decision because it's. And some people were upset because like, well, that shit, that that shouldn't count because it was at the buzzer. It's like, no, nah, it's just like in other sports. If if that that ball leaves your hand before that buzzer yep. sounds, as long yeah, as the strike was fired before yep. the and buzzer his kick, sounds, his kick was touching. As the buzzer sounded, so it was just one of those devastating, you know, kicks. I mean, it dropped him, and because Riddell, I think, knew the time was over, so he wasn't really yeah, prepared for relaxed, that kick. His hands, yeah, his hands were down, and that key, and Fazeb just perfect spinning back kick and knocked him out. Uh, main event: Rob Font, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo's a legend. I did not. I thought Rob Font Font would win because I, you know Jose's. He's not old. But you know he's, he, he's he's not the same Jose Aldo that he was. Well, it, it's like we talked about last week. Ring years are yeah, different than, than human, human years. years, and he's Jose's yeah. been in there for. I mean, I think yeah, he's had two vicious fights with Max Holloway. He lost to Volkanovski. He fought Marlon Moraes. I mean, he's fought some killers, you know, here lately, and they put him with Rob Font, who again is a high level striker, a, you know, a legit killer, and. Jose Aldo won an unanimous decision. He controlled the fight. He took the fight to Rob Font. Rob Font looked was always on his back foot. And Jose called out TJ Gillisoff. It's like, man, nah. that's going to be interesting. He's 35 years old. Yeah. I mean. But that's a whole lot of fighting. Yeah. Like I said, that's. Yeah. Ra- a whole ra- lot of years are like yeah. dog years. And, man. I mean, you're talking to. Um, and, and Peter Young. You know, he got, he got his asshole by Peter Young. He got his ass whooped twice by Max Holloway. He got his ass whooped by Alex Volkanovski, and yeah, he beats Rob Fawn. He you know he wins some of these other fights, but it's like, dude, I mean, you you gonna call out T.J. Dillashaw? I mean, I, yeah, you won. You beat Rob Font, and so now you're the you know they were five and four going in, you know into the fight. Jose Aldo was five. Rob Font was four, so they'll probably switch. So yeah. Who 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 is there to get the title shot? Sanhagen lost. Sterling had neck surgery, and yeah. if he even comes back, because he does not want to fight Peter Yan. That that mm. dude elected to have neck surgery, you know, <clears throat> so he doesn't have to fight, have to fight Peter Yan again. And so I don't know if he ever comes back. Uh, so who is there for Ho- Jose Aldo to fight? You know. He's either, he's gonna have to fight T.J. Dillashaw, and then the winner will fight Peter Yan. I mean, Yan's done cleared house, so he's gonna have to clear house again, I guess. That's a I mean, so T.J.'s gonna be coming back off knee surgery, and but we don't know how long that's gonna take. I we mean, don't know how long that's gonna take. So is Jose just gonna wait in the wings because Sanhagen wants to fight again? I mean, he had a great fight versus Peter Yan, but he wants to, he wants to get back after it. Peter Yan's not going to sit idle. No. Uh, so, 
you know, Rob Font just lost. So, I mean, I, it depends on how long it takes for TJ. I could see a Sanhagen, maybe Jose Aldo fight or a Sanhagen Rob Font fight. Yeah. But who's Young gonna fight? Young Peter Young, I'm not gonna sit there. Does he fight? Does he fight Jose Aldo? But we already know how that fight ends. Does he fight Rob Font after losing to Jose Aldo? I doubt it because that's that's gonna be hard for Dana White to yeah it, to make that fight. So I, I right now that that division with TJ being hurt and sort and, and Sanhagen losing to both Dillashaw and Peter Young, so Sanhagen is not gonna get a tighter shot again for you know for a little bit. He's gonna be in the wings. So basically, your only option is Jose Aldo, or wait for. They're probably gonna have to wait for Jose Aldo and TJ Dillashaw. So Peter Young's gonna be sitting waiting. That would be a hell of a slight to Jose to throw Rob Font against uh, Peter Young after Jose just beat, him, yeah. just beat him. I mean, that would that would be pretty disrespectful. Yeah, I, I can't see Dana doing. Nah, that. he's Jose's gonna get. He's either going to get Dillashaw or Peter Yan again. And because, I, like I said, I don't see Yan just wanting to sit idle for a year. No. And I don't, and Sterling, Sterling's probably not going to have that title past spring. If he does not make yeah. any inroads to start making coming back, they're going to strip him because they're not going to yeah, have you, their champion who won the title on a, on a judge's decision, on an illegal contact. Just sit idle and not want to fight and defend that title. You predicted June-ish? Yeah, no no later than June, yeah. No later than June, yeah. I mean, that, that feels right. Because summertime, I mean, you, you they're going to want to have big fights. So now, you know, you, this is December. So by summertime, they're not going to want an inner – Jan's going to be ready to fight by summer. Mm-hmm. And he could be, you know, July 4th card. You know, they always have a big one, June, July. So – and they're not going to have – you. you you're not gonna have him as an interim champion still, with no with no Sterling coming back. So if Sterling's not coming back anytime soon, they're gonna probably strip him. There's just no reason to let him hold that belt and yeah. keep having injuries. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to cast shadow. I don't want to cast shade on him and say are the the injuries legitimate. But I mean, I'm casting shade on him because I think he's full of shit. Okay, there we go. He's he. I, he I don't disagree talked, with you. He talked so much trash after winning that, winning the title by a bad decision. Under yeah, under questionable which circumstances. Is, which is, I mean, that's the rules. It is what it is. But you go out here and you talk so much trash, and about how you you know won the title and you're the champion and this and this. Like, dude, you're getting your ass whipped up into that point. You're being dominated. That's why you were on the ground to begin with. And, yeah, you were act like you're getting up, so he comes in with a knee, and then you go back down. And he catches you with a knee because you're, you're now yeah. grounded, and he's already thrown this knee. And then you're out here talking like you somehow beat Peter Young. No, Peter Young beat himself in the rule book beating. You didn't. Yeah. And, and it wasn't – and we've talked about this before. It's not like it was intentional. He no. was not trying to throw a malicious, no. illegal – a, a legal shot. And then I think Sterling played it up. I think so, too. Because it's funny. Oh, I can't continue. I'm hurt. But then... He's hard with, sparring on Instagram? Well, no. Within a, an hour of the title fight, he's out at a club partying, dancing with the belt. Yeah. He's the champion now. It's like, so you were so devastated, you couldn't continue your fight. But as soon as the fight's over, yeah, I'm good. It's like, yeah, you, just, you knew 
once your corner told you, hey, man, you're the, if you can't get up, you're the champion. Okay, I can't get up. And then it's, well, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. Uh, Jan's like, okay, good. Let's do this. And then it's like, oh, uh, uh, my neck hurts. Uh, my neck well, hurts. you've been hard sparring for six months. <clears throat> now your neck hurts? Oh, well, there's a difference between hard sparring and fighting. If your neck hurts, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You already had your surgery, and now you're holding up the division. Yep, I've had I've had issues with my neck, and I, if you've got a serious neck injury that needs surgery, like you know it, oh, just about every minute of the mm-hmm. day, because everything originates from your freaking neck, yeah. and you can't take a shot. Yeah, I think he Sterling got put into that fight. He didn't, you know, talked and trash and got himself a title shot. And then he got was getting dominated, and he found a way, a loophole. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and people, you know, you can hate on me for what I'm saying, but look at it the other way. Anthony the Lionheart Smith takes an illegal knee from John Jones that does rock him and hurts him. He says, "Nope, I'm good to continue." And it probably changed the trajectory of that fight because Smith is not the same the rest of that fight. He looks a little off because he yep. he got rocked. He probably had a concussion. He got his belt, but on he good. did not want the fight to end on that. And he could have, he could have took John Jones' title, walked away champion. Nope, I want to finish this fight. So I mean, this, this, you know, I'm not just hating to hate, man. And we've seen it before. This Sterling was getting beat up and found an easy way out of the fight. The only way that, and this is just me like talking out of my my ass, but like the only way that I would be that I would feel halfway comfortable about taking a title away from the champion on an illegal shot is if I got knocked out and woke up and you're like, hey, by the way, you're the champion because that takes like the can I continue, can I not continue. Or if you suffered, you know, a devastating cut to where you just just can't yeah, doctor's doctors like, yeah, Yeah. you you can't continue. But but the the whole thing about putting it on the just me, right? Yeah. Just thinking about if it was me, right? Because the doctor it in my hands, yeah, the doctor was willing to let him fight. Yeah, the doctor cleared Sterling to fight. Yeah, and Sterling was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, no, I can't. If the doctor stops it, or if I'm yeah. KTFO, right? Then I can handle waking up and being like, hey, by the way, you're the champion. Yeah. And the first thing you do is you get a rematch yeah. with the. Right. Yep. Make sure my brain's not scrambled, and we'll get back to this in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get this settled. But uh, so um, William Knight, I watched that his fight last night, and I was struck by two things. One, the dude's an absolute beast. I mean, he's huge for his weight class. Two, if he can get over his flinch response and actually learn how to throw a shot, he's going to be dangerous. Because he's big, he strikes, I don't want to say relatively well, because he was throwing some weird stuff yeah. in that match. A lot of reaction, spinny, back right, yeah. kind of, but he flinched at every, and, and the other dude was, his opponent was capitalizing on the mm. flinch, because he would, his opponent would faint, and when he would flinch back, as he came back forward, as he was coming forward, his opponent was throwing down the middle. Um, I mean, he still won, which you know I totally get. But if he can, he needs more polishing. Yeah. But if he can get polished up a little bit more, I think he's going to be dangerous at that yeah. weight class because he's really big. He's really athletic. A lot of the wrestling scrambles were very explosive yeah. in that match, and 
just when he had to do when he had his opponent in that uh, that arm in he was trying for the army in guillotines like it's just dude's got shoulders on shoulders I mean he's a beast yeah I mean again UFC's they're cutting some people but they've got a lot of people in their roster they got a lot of prospects coming up I kind of like the way the UFC is cutting is being a little bit more aggressive with cutting some of their poor performers because what it's doing is it's motivating people to yeah. people to actually fight. I was a little surprised by the Kevin Lee cut. Yeah, I mean I was, he hasn't he's not super active and he's kind of, you know, he's he's you know, not top tier anymore. He hasn't really been top tier since he lost to Tony Ferguson in the interim title fight. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm still a surprise that they cut him like they did, especially the way you hear it, they, they just sent him an email. <laughs> yeah, you're cut. We, you know, he still had like three fights left, I think. So it's kind of a random. Yeah. So he's been offered. Different organizations have already reached out to Kevin Lee, Bellator, I think one. So, I mean, he's, he's got places to go, but it's just, you know, there's got to be a little bit more to going on than what we know because if – for Dana White to cut somebody with three fights left on their on their card, and someone who's who's a pretty stable fighter, you know, he put, like I said, he challenged Ferguson yeah. for the interim title um, when Khabib couldn't make the fight, and so I mean, you're, you're talking about a legit, you know, legit contender. Yep. So there's got there's probably something we don't know, and they're not discussing. Maybe he he ducked a few fights. Maybe uh, he refused a few a few matches and you get to a point to where you keep saying I don't want to fight I don't want to fight I don't want to fight they're not going to offer you any more fights and, and the, the thing that that everybody needs to understand is when they cut these guys yeah. they have to pay their contracts out yeah because they have a contract so it's it's kind of a, a loss benefit analysis on the UFC's part you know do we go ahead and pay out their contract and release them yeah. or do we keep them and you know coach them up or turn them around or put them on a um not an improvement plan, but uh, they have the development plan yeah. because the, uh, the the girl, the, the young lady who fought last night and lost to buys. Um, uh, Mall Mallory Martin. Yeah, Mallory Martin was on a was yeah. on a. De she was given a break for development mm -hmm. to bring her up a little bit farther so she would perform better. Mm -hmm. Right. So I mean, there's not there's more options yeah. that are out there than just. You get your fights or you don't, right? I mean, the UFC will give you a break for development if they see that you're a developing star. But I mean, when they cut these guys, they've got to if they're if they're if they still have fights on their contract, yeah. they have to pay their contract out. Well, uh, Felicia Spencer announced her retirement, and I mean, a lot of you know journeyman uh, fight fans probably won't know who she is, but she's nine and three, and she went five rounds with both Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. Uh huh. She's so tough. This is yeah. This is no slouch. This is a woman with a nine and three record, who went the distance with two killers in her weight division, and she's an algebra teacher. Yeah. And she decided, and she said that she's not a that it's not, she's not a fighter. This is an opportunity, not a career, and she's just going to move on. So it's possible, like some of the other people, she's starting to maybe she don't recover as well. Maybe she's having some issues with her, you know, worried about brain trauma. And she's just like, you know what? I'm good. Uh, then Thomas has said something like, you know, it's possible she, you know, had, had a really bad day. 
uh, forgot some stuff or realizing she's forgetting some stuff and decided that, you know what, I don't want to take a chance that this is fight-related and continue to get my head bashed in. Yeah, because her day job requires yeah. quite a bit of cognition. Yeah. How'd you like to be one of her algebra students? Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody sit down, be quiet, and open open yeah. your book to page 97, and you, everybody yeah, just does yeah. it. You want to get out of line? Yeah. It's like, please. She's probably just standing there looking yeah. at the one kid like, please say something, I yeah. dare you. Yeah. Um, you really want a piece of this? Yeah, right. Nunez couldn't stop me. You think you can? Yeah, exactly. So we also had uh, one championships, uh, Winter Warriors, uh, over the weekend. Well, actually not over the weekend. It was like Thursday. Thursday night, yeah. Because uh, well, Thursday morning. Thursday morning, yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're fighting in Singapore. Um, for anybody out there who's not familiar with one, it's uh, it's a, a mixed martial arts, grappling and Muay Thai, yeah, federation. Out of Singapore. Um, yeah, they'll have cage fighting, grappling only matches. They have kickboxing matches, Muay Thai style matches. Then they have the mixed martial arts matches. When you think about uh, Demetrius Johnson, yep. his next fight is one round is, is MMA, one round is kickboxing. One round, I mean, they're going to split back yep. and forth. Yeah, and that, that's going to be fun. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that format yeah. in the past. Um, but the cool thing about one is they have an app. And all of their fights are free on the one app, either on your phone or on your iPad or on your computer. The only downside is, is they start at like six in the morning yeah. Eastern. So, and they're usually like, they're usually on Thursday mornings because that's like Friday night in Singapore. Yeah, they're yeah. The, the time difference. Is yeah, weird. The, the time difference is a little strange. But I lucked out and actually got to check out a couple of the fights, which. I was really interested in the Stamp Fairtex fight because that's the final for the Adam Weight, um, the Adam Weight Grand Prix to see who fights for the championship. And we have been tracking. Yeah. Uh, Jerry and I have been tracking this in the background. You know, you had um, Isuki Harada and um, Elise Anderson, Elise Anderson, and a bunch of other you know a bunch of other uh, fighters that were were fans of that were in the Grand Prix. Well, this was the final. And it was so it was Stamp Fairtex against uh, Ritu Fogat, and this was going to be a rematch because Ritu beat Stamp yeah. the last time they they met. So uh, really, I was really looking forward to that fight. And Stamp got the win two minutes into round two. Um, she managed to get uh, Fogat to the mat, and then went for a triangle. Threatened with triangle, I thought it was going to end via triangle, but. Fogot uh, turned over and got uh, out of the triangle, but Stamp switched to the armbar, got the armbar win. So she will be fighting for the championship at the, uh, I don't know if it's the next one show or if it's have, the one I, after that. It's probably the one after that because she's going to need a yeah, little bit of time to rest recover. Up. And then... Um, Marcus Almeida, also known as Buchecha, yep. uh, made his MMA debut. Nope, nope, and no, this is his second fight. This is his second fight. He's 2-0 and, and 1. Uh, my bad. Um, against Ji Wong Kong and uh, got a rear naked choke submission round one about two minutes yeah, in. Yeah, it was a, it was just all Buchecha. I mean, it was he, all Buchecha. He, he just, he just died that That fight. dude is a beast. Yeah, we, we were disappointed because he was local for a seminar and we were not able to attend yeah, that was uh, not. Uh, yeah, that was. We were not able to attend. We, we were really upset wanted to. About that. 
Yeah, even our coach was originally looking forward to going down there and training with the guy, but, you know, stuff happens with, you know, things. So that is what we had for one. Um, uh, Bellator. Yes. The only fight I really talk about is the Sergei Pettis fight, and he was the underdog, even though he's the champion, and he got his ass wet for four rounds, uh, throws a kick, gets it caught, uh, comes back, comes out of the, the the kick with a spinning back fist knockout. Nice. And just just one of those unconscious knockouts to where he didn't even follow up. He actually dropped to throw a hammer fist, realized uh, his opponent was already unconscious, and stopped. He didn't want to. He did not drop the hammer fist, which would have just been insult injury. Uh, his last fight was a loss, wasn't it? No, he's a champion. He's the reigning champion. Okay. Pettis is the reigning was already the reigning reigning bantamweight champion. He's defending his title. He won the bantamweight. Oh, I'm thinking about his brother. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony lost, but that's right. Yeah, that's right. All right. So you got anything else for MMA news, Jerry? Uh, next week you got Poirier, Charles Oliveira, Oliveira. and you've got Nunez, uh, Pina, which yep. that's probably gonna be a good card. Uh, that's that's going to be a real good card. Cause Our girl Miranda Mavericks on that one. Yeah, she's she's uh, getting ready for fight week. She's been putting up pictures. I mean, she's her changing camp. She's training some killers. Yes, I mean, she's got a good camp. I mean, she had one before, but she's with especially when it comes to the female fighters. I mean, you're talking about and Andrea KGB Lee, uh, Pennington. Yeah, she posted yeah. videos of her and Pennington uh, going at it. Yeah. Pennington, yeah. she said that moment I let yeah. my my guard down yeah. or something, and Pennington she got cracked. Got yeah. cracked. Pennington to come across the top. They were. It was a, a not a heavy spar, but they were. It was a focused spar between the two of them. Yeah, and um, Miranda threw a shot. I think she was enjoying the fact that she landed a shot, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Pennington just returned the favor, you know, and caught her with her hands kind of down and <clears throat> rocked her a little bit. Yep, yeah, she'll be uh, she'll be up against Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, she took the fight uh, that somebody else was supposed to have. I forget who was supposed to take that fight. Um, I think she's filling in, maybe. I have to she? go back and look. I have to. Yeah, there's, um, I can't remember because it's it's kind of a quick. Something happened. I the, think. the interesting thing is she is uh, an Eddie Bravo Invitational champion. And she fights out of Henzo Gracie's. Yeah. I so, guess could hit the ground pretty quick. Yeah. But, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, she's well, Mavericks she, Maverick's not a slouch though. She's no. a big tough girl. So and she it's hard to take her down. It's not like she gets so she you know if they focus on just trying to take her down, Miranda's gonna eat her up with strikes. Yeah, Aaron's seven and one, and Miranda's eleven and three. Yeah, Aaron's last Both. fight was against Sarah Alpar, which was a three-round decision. She beat Sarah Alpar. Yeah. So. But Sarah Alpar is a wrestler. True. Yeah. So that's grappling versus grappling. Miranda Maverick's more of a stand-up striker, and it's hard for people to take her down. Her base is really yeah. good. Uh, and. Yeah, Miranda. You know, I don't know if I count the Macy. I I, I don't count the Macy Barber. I don't count that. I, I picked I don't Miranda to win that fight. So. 
I, and I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people that thought Miranda, and she's she actually's on the. Okay, so the, Miranda, sorry, Miranda Maverick is actually replacing Macy Barber yeah. in the fight against okay. Aaron Blanchfield. See, I knew she was replacing someone, so it's she's replacing her. Okay. Yep. So yeah, what's the story with uh, Macy? Well, m- so remember Macy got beat. She took the she took the fight on short notice. A couple weeks ago, remember That's last month right. they had the whole yep. she because she uh she didn't make weight versus the chase on fight remember That's right. And but yep. then she took the heavier fight like two weeks later, so she didn't have to make weight, and then she just looked like ass. That is correct. Yep. So yeah, so she's replacing her because uh, Miranda uh, because Macy took the other fight. So I mean you know so they basically. She took a different fight. That's right. Okay. Because Chase On refused the fight because Macy was over. Which is totally understandable. Yeah, but after many times that Chase On's missed weight and, and, and not made the fight, you figured she would cut somebody else some slack. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's like, come on, man. You know, you missed you miss these fights a lot, too. Come on. Uh, but yeah, next week's fights are going to be pretty good. Uh, and soon we've got what, what, a week or two? We've got Tommy Fury. Yep. And, and Paul. Yep. We got, see another, how he, we, we got another thriller coming we'll, up. We'll see how that goes with uh, Paul actually fighting a real legit boxer. You know, the, the brother of Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion. Who was it? Was it. Uh... It was Nick D. I guess he was no. It was Nate Diaz yeah. who was talking talking trash on Paul, and he yeah. was like, "You've only won against wrestlers." Two wrestlers, yeah. yeah. See how you do against a real striker, and then he try to say, you know, try they try to talk shit to uh, Nate because Nate saw that Jorge Masvidal knee coming in, and he moved away. He's like, "Yeah, real he- heroes run into real fighters run into the danger. Cowards run." It's like. Okay, uh, why am I running into a knee that can knock me out? Yeah. That's just called being a smart fighter. That's why you're not a fighter. That's why you're a YouTube star. Yeah, that that was the that was the dumbest hot take I've yeah, ever it's seen. Like really? It's because he avoided a knee strike it means he's a coward. You have you got rocked by Tyson Woodley and, and, and ran. So let's 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 you know we had, smart about this. We had talked on last week's show about bare knuckle boxing being the only yeah. uh, the only federation where you can break your opponent's yeah. fist on your head. That doesn't work with knee strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knee strikes are a whole different or elbow strikes. That's a whole just, different world. Just has cyborg. Yeah, he had a he's got a metal plate in his he's forehead. Got a plate in his forehead. Yeah, the dude, not the chick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Abreu. Yeah, we've talked about about other things. But yeah, maybe that's the problem about the other things. He's got. Maybe TBI, You're right? Yeah, this is a, never mind. Yeah, we won't go down. We'll go down. We we we've we'll got go a, down that rabbit hole. Yeah, we we've, we've been down that rabbit hole a couple times, and we've got a very interesting rant coming up here at the end. Yeah, where we're we're gonna share our rant today. It's not Jerry gonna be Jerry's gonna, rant. This is gonna be this is gonna take our uh, BJJ corner and our rant together because yeah. it kind of flows through both of those. It kind of, yeah, it, it seems like it fits both of it our It fits both, because it, it kind of ties into what we talked about last yeah. week. So speaking, of, so, speaking of that, you got anything else on fights? No, nah, man, we're, I, uh, like I said, there's some good fights coming up. Uh, you got Conor McGregor still yep. talking 
coming back. Still talking. Well, but you got talking. Dana White saying, talking. hey, it's Conor McGregor. If he wants the title shot, he's probably going to get the title shot when he comes back. He's thinking uh, summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I'm, – that's what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're going to have a July 4th card that's probably going to be the winner of Poirier Oliveira versus Conor McGregor. And which is kind of weird because you figured Justin Gaethje would get that title shot, but it is still possible. What you're going to end up, they're they're saying, oh yeah, Conor McGregor can get the title shot. But actually, what I this is this is the prophet speaking. I think come summertime, <clears throat> when McGregor comes back, he's going to be on the undercard. He'd be probably the co-main event of Gaethje. Versus the winner of, of Oliveira, and he's gonna be fighting Michael Chandler, <clears throat> being a co-main event. I can see that. That would be because then the winner versus the winner. Yeah, it'd be a good <clears throat> simultaneous number one contender. Yeah. And you basically have winner versus winner, and I, I could see UFC could capitalize on that. That'd be a whole lot of a whole lot of buys. Uh, and it's not like they're hurting on buys. I mean, Kobe Covington, Kamar Usman was, was seven hundred some thousand yeah. buys, which is really good. Um, well, it's like Chael says, right? <clears throat> you can either there there are two avenues to get uh, to get a lot of views in the UFC. It's either people want to watch you beat somebody's yeah. ass, or people want to see you get your ass yeah. beat. And I mean, I don't you know. There's like McGregor doesn't want to be a co-main event, but I. If the money's right in July card, if things start working out and they can fight in like Madison Square Garden or somewhere big, I can see him, especially if he knows that if he wins the fight against Michael Chandler, he gets the next title shot and they're going to pay him his money. Yeah. And he'll get his uh, pay-per-view shares. And being on a, on a, a fight with and Gaethje fighting you know, for the title too, you you're, you got a whole lot of fans tuning in. Yeah. And I, can, I mean, hell – July, they tend to try to go all out like they do New Year's. I could see Peter Yan fighting in July versus somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, if it ain't well, Sterling, it's and that's your time frame, yeah. right? That's the drop dead. That, yeah. That's the profits drop yep. dead date. Yep. So it might be Sterling versus if Sterling is told either hey defend or strip, yep. right? That might be the Peter Yan fight. Yeah, because this this next surgery, from what I understand, is not that severe. It's not going to take him seven months to recover. They're talking six to eight weeks and he can be back at training. So he's got that's more than enough time yeah, to be that's ready by July to be That's easy stuff. Yeah, I mean you're talking eight week fight camp. He don't even have to start fight camp until April, May. That's yeah, that's that's So easy he's stuff. got time. Uh it's whether he wants to or not. Uh but yeah that's about it. I mean you've got boxing world, uh you really don't have you've got Lomachenko coming back next week. Uh, you've got, I don't know who Tyson Fury's fighting. They said he's got to fight Dylan White, but I don't know. Uh, everything's kind of up in the air. We'll see who Joshua fights because he just lost his title, the titles again. So him and Wilder will probably fight sooner or later because now they're both on losing streaks. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, that, I think that's, that's about it. I mean, we get Mike Perry win. His bare knuckle debut, which is might be his. I mean, he did. He looked okay. I mean, that might be his. his it might be his fest. thing. Yeah, he don't have to worry about kicks. He don't have to worry about defending takedowns. He just goes out there and throws. 
And I mean, whether you like him or not, Mike Perry can take a hit. He can take a shot and yeah. move on. And that might be hit. I mean, they paid him well for it, so that might be his forte. It's he fought in that triad where they have a triangle ring. Yeah, which is a little weird, but I can really see somebody getting pinned in the corner. I mean, yeah, it's it's and there's not a whole lot of room. There, it's a pretty it's narrow. Small, yeah. It's a pretty narrow f- space. So it's a it's basically it is forcing them to to be face to face and strike. There ain't a whole lot of moving away and, and dancing. It's just, it, you're going to fight. Okay, so spe- so minor detour. Speaking of weird combat stuff, did you see? I, I think it was Russian. The parkour mixed martial arts yes. shit. Four on four. Four yeah. on four parkour MMA, well, which I think is hilarious because yeah. a lot of parkour guys think yeah. they're fighters anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they've got all these like obstacles yeah. and they're jumping and doing backflips yeah. and then they're fighting. Right. And well, they also uh, was it Romania? I think had a cage that literally was only big enough for the two guys and the referee to stand in for MMA. Yeah, and then they literally, you're there is no hiding, there's no moving away. It's just getting after it. It's like phone booth fighting. Yeah, and then what was the? Um, did you see the one where the cage was like really long but narrow? Mm. Yeah, it was like it. It was it was just fighting a dog run. Basically, yeah, it was just wide enough for the two fighters to fight and the referee to be on the side. But literally, there was no room for them to do anything. What was it the? Rogan always talk about having a basketball court. Yeah, for a fight. have a basketball court. Yeah, with padded walls oh, and slope sides. Just let them get to it, and there's no time limits. Just let them fight. Yep. It's like yeah, you're talking. I mean, you're talking gladiator. Well, old school gladiator style. What was it? Um, what's Chuck Norris's thing? Um, America. Uh, shoot, he's got that. He he had that fight league that oh, Boz yeah. was one of the trainers for. Yeah. Well, they they they, they still have that one where they fight in that pit. Yeah, that's and what they, I'm. They have slanted sides. They still yes. do that. Bass Rudin's the commentator for it, and yeah, yeah, that, that would be a good. Yeah, because you sit the spectators sit above you, and you fight. Basically, it looks like a pool. Yeah. To me, it looks like you know they've watched they watched that. Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Lionheart. Where he, where he fights in the, he he's fights fights the, the French pool, guy in the pool. the pool. And it's like, yeah, y'all seen, yeah, y'all watch that that movie and say, you know what, that'd be really cool. Let's put him in a pit. <laughs> or they, you know, watch, you know, all those other blood sport or, you know, there was, where they're sitting in a pit fighting. Okay, so we need to do a movie. Two men enter, one man leave. One man leave. Thunderdome. We need to do a we need to do a show on really bad martial arts flicks. That would be so good. Oh God, there's yeah. so there's so much potential. There I mean, and for we, a show, and we, but we have to come up with rules because there's so many movies that incorporate martial arts that are so bad. It's like these dudes are supposed to be martial artists, and they're they're just like, oh my lord, what <laughs> what what are we doing here? Yeah, is that actual martial arts or is that just some dude flailing? <laughs> I flailing. All right. The hand bony. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, yeah. So, let's talk about doing a martial arts movie show. That'd be Yeah, good. that'd be. Yeah, we, we're going to put a... Uh, yeah, we need to put something together and just do like a really horrible martial yes, arts bad movie. bad martial arts movies. Yeah. All right, so... Um, is that all you got? Yeah. All right, so we'll be right back with, with uh, Jiu-Jitsu Corner and The Rant combined. This will be epic, so hold on tight. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
And we're back. All right, so on episode 41, Jerry and I talked about bad self-defense in a particular Instagram account slash YouTube slash McDojo uh, feature that, that yeah. we saw on a, on a particular training group. And uh, so we were a little bit ahead of our time because yeah. this group is now, and their, their infamous leader is now getting an insane amount of shit and trollery on oh yeah er, yeah every, everybody's everybody. going after them so we wanted to to dust this back off and come out and or you know this topic off and and come out and, and talk about them a little more because yeah. it's uh they're starting to get the attention they deserve yeah i mean these these this crap is what gets you killed I mean, this is the kind of stuff where you show somebody and they go out in the real world and they think this stuff's really going to work and someone's going to get hurt. And it's dangerous. It is scary that someone's getting paid and is promoting this stuff and is and telling these people that they can defend themselves against perpetrators with this crap they're teaching. And that's what it is. It's crap. I mean, we were, we were in here at the gym this morning and we were going over a couple of the things that they teach. And it's just like... Yeah, Trying okay, that, to figure out if they actually worked. And maybe against a really stupid, stupid uh, attacker who might be drunk or high or just plain dumb. Maybe. But a lot of them that they push... I mean, the one, you know, there's a, a, a kick, a block to a kick on a grounded opponent... Uh, Scott did it. I, you know, was the aggressor, and this is like I'm. I just pushed, pushed his head into the mat. It's like, and now I'm just gonna stomp you. And then you know some of the other really scary things. You know, the the thing that's made this group, I would say, infamous, is their gun disarms. Yeah, their their gun disarms are uh, honestly they are. Irresponsible. The gun disarms that's are irresponsible. Nice. That's that's border. It's borderline criminal. Yeah, yeah. Because I that. these ideas that they're pushing towards people that you can do all this stuff if you pay them this money and they're going to teach you these things is how people get shot in the money. Yeah. There, well, there's tend to be a rule of thumb, and it's and of course this does not apply across the board. And I'm not saying it does, but typically if someone's waving a gun at you to rob you, they're not going to kill you. Yeah. Now, if you push your luck, they might. But typically if if someone's going to kill you, they kill you on the outright. They're not going to sit there and argue with you. They're just going to, you know, if they're pulling a gun and they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. But typically that gun is used to, is, is their force, is give me your wallet, give me your watch, give me your keys, I have a gun. And it's like, okay, cool, because that gun is the intimidation weapon. Just like the knife. Now, if you sit there and you think you can disarm this guy because you've taken this these people's classes, you end up getting yourself killed and probably getting your your family killed. Mm-hmm. Because yep. I have yet to see one of the ones that they do, and we've looked at them all. And we're in, again, we're in here playing today with a with a training weapon. I don't know how any of them really work because, in reality, if you try to move. The way that they're telling you to, I'm just going to pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, and... And this idea of grabbing the slides. You, and and this, this ain't the... This one group that's now become famous, they're not, not the only ones. 
I've seen these people tell, telling people, you, if you grab the slide, that's, that's all you have to do. And yes, you can, pro- you, can, you can sometimes take a gun out of battery, but it doesn't always work. No. And if you don't take it out, just putting your hand on the slide doesn't do anything. No. Good. You have to push back. You have to be, and you have to be strong enough to do that. And I hate to tell you, most of, most, there's a lot of people that cannot work. They're not going to be strong enough to work this slide. And all you got to do is move back. Yeah. And if you're reaching for my gun, I'm not going to stand there and let you grab it and take it out of battery. Yeah. You know, I'm, again, it's, it's irresponsible. You know, like we talked, we, what was it last, I mean, think what last week, your best defense against someone with them, when we talked about the, the mugging. The, yeah, the mugging. Your best defense is comply and get away. If they've got the drop on you, if they already have a knife and a gun, you ain't paying attention and that you're in that bad situation, you pretty much don't have many alternatives. Now, if your life's on the line, you know this guy's going to kill you or they're going to try and take your wife or your children, okay, then that subject changed. But yeah, this idea, different. then it becomes a fight for your life. You know, you're, you know, you're the third monkey getting on Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. <laughs> yeah. But this, this idea that they're, they're pushing, that they can teach you to magically disarm people with one hand and all this crap is just town amount to malfeasance and should be criminal. Well, if you look at some of the gun disarms, right, the, the first gun disarm I saw, the guy says, what you have to realize is the biomechanics of the hand, I mean, it's very hard. It's not good at holding on to things. We've got an opposable thumb. Yeah. That's what has differentiated us from the rest of the animal kingdom is because we can make tools and hold on to shit. Yeah, uh, there's people who, who make a living out of holding on to things. I mean, yeah. you hold on to things. It's now I understand what he's trying to get at. He's trying to make fancy words and try to talk in, in circles. Yes, uh, if you use, a, you can use force against a hand, and you can try to disarm, and you can kind of slap away. And some, and you, we talk about it here in jujitsu: monkey grip, not monkey grip, thumb in, thumb out, because mm-hmm. you can break this grip, but not that grip. And I understand that's kind of what he's trying to he's trying to say. But if I have a firm grip of my firearm, you just smacking at it, it's not really, unless I'm the most inept gun handler in the world, it's not coming out of my hand. Yeah. All you're gonna do is make me mad because you just slapped my hand and you slapped my gun. Now I'm mad and I'm probably gonna pistol whip you. Well, and and all of the the other thing as far as the gun disarms go is all of the gun disarms he's doing is against somebody who does not have a proper grip on the pistol. If you've noticed, they do not have that. They don't actually have their finger in the trigger. Well, and their supporting hand is not in proper placement either. A lot. Yeah. A lot of the ones I've seen, there was one we seen that I saw and I was showing Scott this morning. It's like people are doing the bad movie action movies where they're shooting from the side and the, yeah, the, the gun on the, you know, the gangster shot. Yeah, they're shooting. Yeah, they're, they're they're doing this like spray and pray, and they're holding the guns funny. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe that works if your opponent is an idiot. Well, maybe the gangsters have a point. You know, if you if you shoot like this, yeah. it's hard for the guy to get a hold of yeah, it. You know, yeah. but in reality, it's it's he, and maybe that's how he escapes <laughs> lawsuits. It's like, well, I said it only work if they hold it this way. So. <sighs> Okay, so I gotta look at you know, gotta make sure you're in an app or say, hey, could, do you mind moving your finger? 
So I can disarm you? The one that the car disarms are also extremely terrifying. He's demonstrating how to disarm uh, a guy with a uh, with, with a, a, a rifle yeah. or a carbine, and he's basically in the guy's blind spot, and he's got the muzzle against the ear. back, basically in his ear, and he's showing how he's going to move his head and then grab the guy's gun and pull it in the car and take the gun away from him. With one hand. With one hand. And it's like... Why, why, why am I gonna like? I got two hands on my rifle. How are you reaching behind you? And we've talked, and we, you know, anybody who has any idea of jujitsu or fighting, once your shoulder, your your shoulders go up, your arms go above your shoulder, you have your no power. You got no so strength. if he's reaching behind him, his shoulders extended, he's not gonna have enough power or force to one hand pull a firearm out of somebody standing up with a two hand grip. Now, I guess if they don't have their finger in the trigger well and they're kind of holding it loosely like it looks like in his videos, they're standing there like they have no idea what they're doing, then, yeah, I guess it will work. But if, again, if I have you at rifle point, I have a firm grip on on the forend, I have a a firm grip on the pistol grip, I have my finger in the trigger well because we're – we're doing something. Yes. And we're doing this for a this reason. This is when trigger discipline does not come into play. So I'm not sure how you're just going to reach behind you and magically pull my rifle from me, and I'm just going to let it go without pulling the trigger the moment yes. you reach back. Well, and, and that's the other scary part, right, is a lot of these things are grabbing the weapon and pulling the weapon towards, towards you. What that does is that moves the, the finger, finger in the trigger well back against the trigger. Mm-hmm. And... Guns go off. That's how guns. My, I have had a family member that got killed that way because he was holding the pistol, had his finger in the finger grip, and his son grabbed, uh, grabbed the trigger or grabbed the gun and pulled it, and the gun went off. So people die that way. Yeah. Regardless of what Alec Baldwin says, <laughs> you know, Alec triggers Baldwin. tend to be need to be pulled. That okay. So. That whole thing is just goes to prove that he has no idea how a firearm works. And, and there's some of the knife defenses that are atrocious, like moving into the blade. Turn your head towards the blade if they've got it behind you. And it's just like, okay, that's, that, that's, that's how you die. But again, we're, we're not the only ones. If you have any kind of social media, you've probably seen yeah. these things. They're popping up by everybody. Jiu-Jitsu Journal has yeah. some stuff up. McDojo's got them up again. Everybody's I mean, memeing yeah. the hell. My, I think my favorite, and we talked about this earlier today, is for some reason the guy always wears a Bluetooth headset with yes. a boom on it. And one of the parodies had a guy had a fork taped to his ear. Yeah, a black well, fork. A black fork taped to his ear. So I, that was... That was absolutely that was, hilarious. Yeah, that was one of the best ones, and you know, hit you know, it's to me the way this stuff looks is like a cross between really bad self defense and cheat ball crap. Yeah, the no touch cheat crap because literally some of these hand placements, you know, the getting some up underneath the bridge of their nose works if you have leverage. If I'm standing in an open floor. And you think you're gonna reach up and push me under my nose, and I'm just gonna stand there and let you bend me over and drop me, or I'm gonna go flying because you put pressure on the bridge of my nose. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna step back, or I'm gonna turn my head. I mean, the idea that none of these people turn their heads—it's like my instinct's gonna be turn my head away 
to get you out from under my nose or take a step back. And none of these people are, they're all, all his little protégés, they're all playing into this gimmick and they're showing this crap like it works or being flattened out, being a smaller victim, being yeah. flattened out on your belly with a larger attacker on your back. That one was, saying, un- yeah. And if you just pop your hips up a little bit, they'll go flying. No, no, that's not how that works. We had talked about the female um, defense from Mount, the high yeah. Mount, the last time we talked about these guys. And, yeah, it that was that was unbelievable how badly that was shown. But to have the woman face down and have the guy on top of her, of back. her back was I – mean, we Jerry and I tried it in here today. And, again, I mean, you can't do anything. And, and Jerry and I oopa each other yeah. – Pretty yeah. regularly. We were just rolling here. earlier, we rolling and, earlier and, and sweeping each other. But the idea, I've flattened out grown men in here on the mat. And they could not get away from me. And they tend to panic. And they're, they're, that's grown men who are physically fit. You're in here to learn jiu-jitsu. And I've managed to get them flattened out on their belly and start trying to work on a choke. It's hard to get up from being flattened out. Mm-hmm. It's even harder when someone outweighs you. Yeah. And the idea that if you just pop your butt in the air a little bit, it's going to send me flying. If you pop your butt a little bit, all that's going to do is annoy me. Yeah. I mean, in reality, I'm not even sitting near your butt. I'm high up on your back. I want control. I'm going to sit ahead of your butt on the smaller your back is where my weight's going to be, not your butt. So I don't even know where this idea comes where the dude's going to be sitting on her butt. And how her her little butt pop is going to throw him flying. Well, and set, having him set on her butt actually makes it even worse because it, he's pinning the hips yeah, down. Her hips can't move. Yeah, when you did that to me this morning, like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get my knees under me. I couldn't get my hips up. You can't like yeah. do a reverse bridge like yeah. that nope. without getting your knees under you. Yep, and I mean, you can't with your hips pinned. In jujitsu, we control the hips. Your hips control everything and this idea that some larger opponent's going to have you pinned flat and that you're just going to magically be able to pop your butt and move your hips is ridiculous and you know and some of the other ones with the guy's got a handful of hair and she just grabs her own she she let grabs up and grabs his wrist and just pushes him down it's like what what exactly happened here because the dude falls down it's like he's got a handful of your hair and all you do is grab, grab up and go two on, you know, two on one when, where he's got the handful of hair and pushing your head down, he falls. The one, the, I, will, I will say the one hair grab defense they do is legit. The way they demonstrate it is extremely sloppy, but the rear, the rear grab where she puts hands on and turns around because that inverts the wrist and turns into a wrist lock. This is from the front one. He just greets you. Oh yeah, the front one is, and she yeah. just goes two on one. Uh, um, maybe they, you know, they're trying for a wrist break. Yeah, they're they're trying for that same for the, yeah, kind of like the with the push where you hands down and then force in and wrist lock them there. But there's no leverage. There's no on leverage. The top of her head for them to get anywhere because yeah, um, I don't see where there's leverage, especially like, if she's low in her head. Yeah, too. not like this yeah. because all the guy has to do is, is turn his elbow, elbow in. The 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 um, the signal for the you know, you're being yeah. pushed out of the bar right is the elbows mm-hmm. in the wrist, wrist is thing. down so the wrist lock is there but if your hands up here mm-hmm. there's no wrist lock yeah. there 
Because as soon as she locks in and starts to come down, yeah. I mean, she would have to get way down here, and the guy would have to stay. Would have to lock himself out. He would have to lock his elbow out. All he's got to do is step yeah. in and bend his elbow, and the wrist becomes mobile again. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like I said, this is like and maybe the only way— in the face. The only way they can get away with this crap is that they say it has to be exactly like this. So your opponent has to be the worst bad guy ever. Yeah. You know, you're talking like bad action movie bad guy, you know. Like all of James Bond's villains where they spend 35 minutes telling them, telling you their entire yeah. secret plan. It's like a bad episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. where, you know, Shredder ties up the turtles, tells them exactly how they're, he's going to kill them, and then, and then leaves. leaves them, you know, inexplicably un, unmanaged. Yeah, it doesn't um, leave anybody to watch, and he just walks out. It's like, okay. And maybe that stuff works. And Jerry was Jerry was telling me today, you've always got to look with a really hard eye when people say they've created their own system. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. At some point in time, you know, did somebody create all of the what I'll call legitimate martial arts? Yeah, but it took years of development. And the the interesting thing is back then. It was trial by combat, yeah. basically. They were actually being used in combat. So the bullshit got filtered out Pretty very, quick, very yeah. quickly, right? Because you'd either lose fights in in the in the academy or you would get killed on the battlefield. Yeah. Right. So jujitsu, you know, jujitsu was created, you know, back in in originally, you know, Japanese jujitsu um, was created after um, basically swords were taken away from samurai. Yeah, that was how that was one of the reasons that jujitsu got started. Okinawan karate was created so that the Chinese could defend them, or so that the Okinawans could defend themselves against um, the Chinese, and they were I'm sorry, against the Japanese, and they weren't allowed to have weapons. Yeah. So that's why a lot of the traditional karate um, weapons look like farm implements yeah, because that's used, what yeah. they had, right? But this was all. It, it it all gets filtered out through well, the lens of real combat. FMA. I mean, yes. The the a lot of the strikes are based on a machete being used, a farming implement. A farm implement against yeah. armor. The the, the the small knife, the Putin yeah. Tao, it's based on a small reaping knife. Yeah. So this idea that this individual took lessons from all these established martial arts and created their own and it's like, no, what you did was you took watched a bunch of self-defense videos and just kind of copied it and try to dumb it down and most of the stuff does not work it is just it's smoke and mirrors yes and i mean there's so many fake martial artists out there it is so hard to find a legit martial art school because it's not hard to make a diploma you can go on 20 minutes with with a spreadsheet document form you can say yeah i'm a 15th degree black belt and this style and that style and and if you have no idea you're not going to know he's not he can come up with some fake sounding name grandmaster something 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 and oh yeah he's dead now so you can't re do research you know there was there was someone that i i remember from high school that told us that he was uh going to japan during the summer to train under a under some master and he was supposed to be some high level martial artist and he never demonstrated it with anybody 
Oh, because um, my he, hands are registered he, he weapons. Would, he, would, he would kill you. But his hands are registered weapons, which oh, is, again, Jesus. one of the dumbest That's things ever. That's a dick giveaway. One of the most dumb, dumbest things I have ever heard, but people still say it to this day. My hands are registered weapons. Okay, cool. Um, and then we find, you know, and he was telling these people, and some people bought into it. They thought, oh, my God, that is so cool. And you find out not on the summers he's going to see his grandma. <laughs> and it's like, and it was, it was not in Japan. And but he he he's like he he found some '80s action movie, some '70s action movie, and started living that idea. And that's what some of these people are doing. Some of these fake this one in particular, and some of these other ones. You start and then you read their bios, and it's like they've watched one too many martial arts movie, and they've they're living that now. And they're some great master. And people people want to people don't want to be afraid. People don't want to be bullied. People want to be able to defend themselves. And this shit and is, looks magical and they buy and it's easy. It doesn't take it doesn't take years of sacrifice to get a belt and a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. It takes, you know, a couple courses and a couple hundred bucks and I'm certified to defend myself. And that's the thing, right? The the, the strip mall McDojo. Okay, yeah, it's selling a false sense of security and a, you know a, 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 an overestimation of your skills. But in general, I don't want to say it's harmless because it. I mean, they're, the instructors are, are bilking money out of people, mm-hmm. and they could put themselves in a position where one of their students thinks they're more capable, and you know, there you see, I've, I've, right, I've, I, mean, I mean, I've run into those people in my life, growing up in my life, that were. Well, I'm a black belt under so and so, and it's like, okay, well, let's do this, and this is what we're going. And then, yeah, after they're picking themselves up, they're like, well, well, you, you, you know, that's that's not how it's supposed to happen. Yeah, this that's was how a fight. It just happened. So, you know, yeah, this is this was a fist fight. I'm not sure what I was supposed to do f- for you to win, but I'm not going to stand there and yeah. let you kick me like a dummy. But. Like I said, the, in general, the McDojo yeah. kind of stuff, while annoying and while it hurts the reputation of real jiu-jitsu academies across, you know, in the world, in general, it's relatively harmless. Yeah. These guys are teaching self-defense in a pretty rough city. Yeah. And I, I consider what they're doing and they're not teaching, more dangerous. And they're not teaching, like, anti-bullying or how to do little things. They're teaching people how to go up against armed intruders, armed yeah. people, and telling, giving them a false sense that they can defend themselves against someone with a gun or a knife. Yeah. So instead of just handing over your wallet, handing over your watch, handing over your keys, they're giving these people this false sense that they can, they're supermen, mm-hmm. and they can just take the gun away from them, and now they want. And it's like, and if you've seen the memes where these people try this crap, and then they're 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 sitting in the stairway to heaven. It's yeah, like, oh, <laughs> those work. are great. Like, damn it! It's like, yeah, this always happens, you know. Well, and and the the kids stuff, you know, the yeah. the, the kids stuff that they demonstrate. The thing that really caught that that raised Jerry and I's ire the last time we talked about this was they had an Instagram post where they were teaching a six year old girl to do a gun disarm. Where the guy had the gun pointed at the kid's forehead, yep. and the kid is supposed to reach up and grab the barrel of the gun. Okay, I don't, I don't care if you're pocket Hercules. If you're six years old, the kid doesn't have hands strong enough to push the gun out of battery. Yeah. First of all, 
Second of all, it's just irresponsible to teach a six-year-old kid to reach for a gun that's being pointed at their head. Yeah. The rest of the kid stuff, again, it's 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 garbage. It's yeah. you know the kid you pick the kid up and try to kidnap him, and the kid like rakes the eyes and pushes away with the, you know makes the guy drop her, and then she kicks him in the shin. He goes flying across the room. It's just garbage. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. But again, we talked about it before. You see a lot of these. You see a lot of these self-defense courses where they teach people to rake the eyes and the scratch and claw. And I've I've told people, you know, that we've talked about, and I don't know if I've said said on the podcast. You understand the whole idea of the scratching and the clawing, isn't so you can get away. DNA. It's so you have DNA of your perpetrator. That's yep. it. So when they find your so body, when they find they your can... body, they can make a, make an arrest. Yep. Because. It's not as easy as you think to rake somebody's eyes. And mm. people are not going to stand still and let you rake at their eyeballs. And it's a life life or death fight. I'm not raking your face. I'm digging my thumbs into your eye sockets. Yep. So this whole idea, if you scratch my face, I'm just going to magically let you go. If I'm intent on hurting you, you scratching my face is going to make me madder. And I'm probably going to bounce your head off of something. Yep. If my thumbs are anywhere near your eyes, I'm digging until yeah. I find gray matter. Yeah. I mean that's and especially if it's life or death. But this this idea of I'm you know doing these little things are magically going to work. It is self defense ain't magic. No. A gun disarm. I do not recommend gun disarm at all. Most most military police special forces they do not recommend unless it's your life or death and you're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is, yeah, you might die, but you don't die on your knees. At least you go out fighting, and it gives you a fighting chance, you know, puncher's chance. I mean, I mean I've mean, i seen these people before when they literally told me, like, you're, you know, if it's your life or death, you know you're going to die, at least try. I mean, yeah. you're going to die anyway. Try, try something, yeah. Try. But this idea that some guy walks up to you, says, give me your wallet. He has a gun, and you're going to just, instead of saying, okay, here's my wallet, he's probably going to take your wallet and walk away because that murder charge is a whole lot worse than that robbery charge. Yep. So, it, and, and he's going to get looked, he's going to get uh, chased after a whole lot more by the police if he kills you than if he just robs you. That's when he gets his portrait put up in the yeah. post office. So... More than likely, they're going to, okay, take my wallet, go go about your business. You know, yes, it's going to be scary, terrifying, but chances are they're not going to kill you. Uh, you can look at stats and see how many armed robberies they are compared to how many end in murder. Yeah. You see guys who get 15, you know, they, they've, been in, they've been arrested 15 times for armed robbery. They've never killed anybody. It's like, yeah, because they're just, they're, they're using a weapon as... as as a means to make it easier on them to rob you. They don't want to fist fight you to get your stuff. They're just, hey, I got a gun or a knife. Give me your shit, and it's easier for them. Yep. I mean, so, but this guy's teaching people, this group is teaching people that you can disarm them. So how many people, you're going to get this guy's going to be like, you know, someone's going to walk up with a gun, and he's going to be like, oh, no, and he's going to try and grab at or do something, he's going to get himself killed. Because the moment you start trying to fight somebody for their gun, 
they, that's now when, they're yeah. yeah they're not they're not gonna let you take their gun. You know yeah if they're stupid, but that's how you get shot. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's why our, our police officers and our military will body armor and carry weapons because we're not walking out there trying to disarm everybody. We need guns. Guns work. Yep. The bet you know. If a guy's got a gun, you really should have a gun on you to make it even. You're not going into a gunfight with, with, with an empty hand and think you're going to win this fight. This isn't a movie. This isn't a video game. This is real life. If you get shot in the chest with a, with a pistol, you don't survive it that well. This is not a video game. This is not Call of Duty where you can take three or four hits and heal. Somebody shoots you, you're yeah. probably gonna die. You don't find a med pack on the sidewalk and you get <clears throat> some of your life bar back. Yeah. So this we're just we're a little frustrated and, and like I said, we talked about this a while back and now the rest of the uh, community is catching on and these these guys are getting raked. I'm really kind of after McDojo did the feature yeah. on them, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't take off more than it did because I think we covered it. Yeah. McDojo covered it, we covered yeah. it. And then, like, it's gone silent for quite a like so quite a while, and now it, all of a sudden it's just popped up, which is great because I want people to see what frauds yeah. this group is. Yeah, yeah, they're. I read their bio, and it is. We're not going to mention their names. We're not going to give them any credence. But I read their. I told Scott I went and did some deep diving last night, and I read bios and found different things and I watched YouTube videos and training videos and I was tempted to contact because you can contact them I was tempted to it's like huh it's like you know do we do we want to take a road trip try to get one of their classes I'm telling you <laughs> go up I'm... there with a handful of handful of uh, of my boys and, and and to see how well this goes and say can we film this too and just see how this goes telling you we make dojo storm them i think that would be fun if we go out there and act like we want to be there to learn mm-hmm. and then just be total <laughs> bad students <laughs> and when they're trying to show us that the 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 stuff we don't act the way we're supposed to and we're just like we end up like throwing them around it's like or you know it's like or the, the you know stabbing them for real well then i'm not supposed to do that no, 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 you're, you're not allowed to do that. Well, that ain't this, I mean, it's, it goes back to like that, what was it, the Mad TV skit? Where, what was it, Jim in, Carrey? In Living Color. In Living Color, yeah, in Living Color, where Jim Carrey was the martial arts instructor. He's like, take this knife and stab me. No, not and like that. No, not like that. After you get stabbed, no, not like that. You got to do. hold it like this and do this. And he, no, no, you got to do it like this. And he's getting stabbed over and over again because that crap don't work. I love the, you've seen the video where the guy's doing the, he's trying to, I guess it's a parody, I don't know, but he's, he's showing the knife disarm and the, he, he, the he ends kid. He giving the kid the spatula. He has the kid the spatula and the kid's whacking no, I think the, the dude spatula. is legit trying to like, like he's teaching people and this kid's just like not having it. Not playing. Him. It's like his nephew and he's just jacking him up. The one of the best ones I've ever seen, and I can't find it because I was trying to find it last night because I was going to put it up as a counter to the reality. There was a guy, there was one of these McDojos, this guy was teaching these classes, and this uh, uh, Special Forces veteran apparently caught wind of it, and he was a knife instructor and uh, hand, hand fighting instructor for the military, and he saw some of these videos this guy was putting out of this, this really crazy, like, 
stupid self, you know, disarms of knives and all this, almost like magical chi crap. So he goes into this guy's gym, he, you know, to learn his style. And okay. he literally just destroys this guy's life because he's just like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to come at you with this knife. And you do your thing. And he just pinned the dude against the wall and just stabbed him. Every time he was just like, "Up oh, now you did. Up oh, now you did. Up oh, now you did." And the guy was like, "Well, but he's like, don't tell me, but what? This is a knife fight. What? What are you? What do you think's going to happen?" He's like, "You're you're telling you know you're you're selling a fake product, and that's what they're doing. I mean, we we we've talked about it before about Jocko and Dean Lister doing a seminar yeah. in the park about jujitsu, and this guy's like, you know, my chi defense, you can never take me down, and they're rock paper scissors, and who got to take him down?" And it's just like, because his chi was so strong, he could root himself. And there's people who buy into this crap. It's like a cult following. You know, I love, like, if we keep mentioning McDojo. They, that is a great page. It, yeah. Because they are, they are finding these fakes and these frauds, and they're making it more funny, and they're hilarious to watch. But in reality, these people are selling this crap to people. And there's people buying it, watching... Watching some middle-aged man sitting in a chair. Oh, God. Those drive me crazy. Magically throwing people across the room with the back of his hand as they come in to attack him. He's just brushing them off. And they're flying is the most disturbing crap. And people buying into this. And he's like, these rooms are packed with people who are paying him money to learn this crap. Or these people that come up. Uh, McDojo keeps they, they bring him up constantly because to them his videos are so bad but he's in a, he's from Italy and he's apparently has 22 black belts in 22 different styles he's a master of 22 st- 22 styles of course it's 22 styles that no one's ever heard of that he's made up the names of and but he's a grandmaster and all this crap and he puts out these training videos and people buy them and people go watch him train and it's just like anytime some of these and you'll every once in a while you'll get one of these so-called masters of their own style or these chi guys who will who will actually be dumb enough to take a fight and they'll go and get into the octagon and get into a cage somewhere. They'll get into a ring somewhere to demonstrate how their style is actually really works. And then they end up getting brutally knocked out. And because that stuff is fantasy. Have you seen the, the BJJ police where they actually go and confront fake yeah. BJJ black belts and yeah. basically roll them up? Yeah. Uh, so people understand there's very few black belts in America in North America for jiu-jitsu there's not that many so if you got some random dude telling you he's a black belt look up his credentials yes he should be able to tell you who he trained under and who he got it from he has to be certified there is certification he should be able my to blue res- belt was signed by R yes our our black belt he signed my blue belt and I have a certificate he, he and it's should- just a blue belt yeah, he should be able if you've got a black belt he should be able to recite his entire lineage, lineage back to and it's at of, least depending on which which side of the Gracie family his, he came out with back to Elio or but his his whoever he shouldn't be able to tell you who gave you gave him his black belt and he should know who got who his black belt 
where he got his black belt. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've kind of conversations with people on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook who will take some snide comments about the way we'll put up little videos here or there or, you know, we'll talk about things. And I've had people tell me that they're black belts in this or that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and I, and, and I always, you know, being respectful, like, okay, well, who are you black belt under? You know, what style? Because we're a Pedro Sauer style with a little bit of Gracie self-defense from Scott Allen, but we're a Pedro Sauer school. And when if these people have no idea what I'm talking about, if you don't know who Pedro Sauer are, you're not an American black belt. Yeah. Because even if you, you don't, don't know train, who Pedro Sauer is, you're not into jujitsu. Really. Yeah, but I mean, but I get but I you know especially North America, but Pedro Sauer, if you do not know that then you're i mean because even if you don't train like we do we're a pedro sour affiliate style training academy uh and then there's gracie schools and there's schools and there's other than the machado brothers and there's different but there's other academies but if you're a black belt you should know who pedro sour is but beyond that you should be able to tell me who your lineage is because i i've I've had two conversations with with so-called black belts and i've asked them both who their lineage is Two, well, I've had conversations with more than that, Black Belt was. But these two were, neither one could tell me. The one gave me some random, looked up, made up Asian names. Like they just went through and threw a bunch of Han Lee Chungs. It's like, they, where do they teach? And are they, and what style Jiu Jitsu are you talking about? I mean, are you Japanese Jiu Jitsu? Because I'm not, I mean, I'm Brazilians, but I'm not sure about Chinese or Korean names you're throwing out here. Then again, I did learn apparently there's a Korean Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I didn't know there was a Korean BJJ, but I guess there is. <laughs> I've been told that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you that one off the air. But uh, <laughs> but then other black people, the other purple, brown, black, you know, you know, they'll tell you who they trained under. They're proud of it. They're like, I'm a black belt under this this and under this one or that one, and they're a black belt under them and. They put up their lineage. We're mm. proud of our lineage. Yeah. You know, we're, I'm a blue belt under my coach, and he's a brown belt under his coach, who is a black belt under Pedro, Pedro Sauer, who is a black belt under the Gracies. So I know my lineage. You should too. And I'm just a blue belt, but I know my lineage. And I'm, you know, and I'll, and I enjoy learning, you know, what schools do you train at? Because your style is a little different. And we love when people visit and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I train at this academy and, you know, our black belt is this. Or, you know, and it's like, all right, and their style is a little different than ours. And that's some of the funnest roles yeah. because you see how the way our style is matching up with their style. Like he said, you know, styles matter. And, you know, each – and black belts and, and different lineages teach things a little differently. Mm-hmm. And they put emphasis on different things. Some got some schools are pressure schools. Yeah. Some schools are you know, there there are different types. I mean, yeah, yeah it's all Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but everybody's games a little different. Yeah, we you know, have we're, games. Though. We're more of a pressure school, um, you know. And there, but that that's not the only game that's out there. You know, I do like the pressure. Yeah, pressure uh, under so, pressure. But yeah, we we just want to get that out there because it's it's it is so. It's bad, and when you have legitimate guys and women who train, who literally teach law enforcement, military, first responders, these guys and, and gals are legitimate, licensed. You can follow their stuff. When they start getting involved and they see 
the same stuff we that we're talking about, it lends credence to the fact that we're doubters. When these people that you know are legit, we know are legit, who are high level in their their job and in their industry, when they see this crap and they're calling it out themselves. Yeah, we know we're on to something. It's like, okay, so we're not, we know this This is crap because these guys and girls are like, man, this stuff's going to get you killed. And it's like, that's what I've been saying. And I had, you know, finally have other people notice these people. And like, this guy's going to get somebody killed. These people get people killed. And I'm waiting to see if there's a response. And I think that's what people are starting to wait for. Some of this morning, uh, I've seen people like, they're waiting with bated breath on to seeing if this this individual's put out a uh, a post or challenges it. The last time um, when McDojo did their piece on these guys, the only thing they did was lock down the comments on their Instagram page yeah. because they were getting destroyed. Yeah, they're they're. I'm waiting to see what happens because right now and sooner or later, with with the level of people that are going after them now, they're going to have to address it. Yeah, because you can't have the, these legitimate guys and girls in the in the industry going after you for being fake and not address it. If you don't, that means you you're basically saying, "Yeah, I'm fake." Well, and because I mean, there's there's a couple I've seen uh, who said that they are more than willing to put their their theirs against yours. McDojo was willing yeah. was trying to yeah. get that yeah. that uh, lined up, and they weren't taken. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes what it comes down to, you'll have these people. I mean, gym wars have been around forever. Yeah. So it's not like we're we're instigating something that doesn't happen. This stuff, you know, this stuff happens, and it's been happening forever. But sometimes what it comes down to is a lot of times these guys go show up at these people's gyms and show them that they're fake before they get somebody killed. And something, you know, it might be what ha- what it has to take is some people showing up. To one of their seminars or one of their training sessions and filming it and showing how bad this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Coach Brian says, you know, especially when you're coming in and you're trying to figure out if you want to you know, become a member of the gym, they'll say, hey, you want a black belt? Order it off Amazon yeah. for, for 25 bucks. You can have it in two days. You can have it in two days. And the only thing that separates because our belt, you can buy our belts, you can buy a jiu-jitsu belt, you can buy a karate belt off the internet. The stripes on the end are nothing but athletic tape. Yep. The only thing that makes those pieces of fabric and tape sacred are the integrity of the instructors that are behind yep. them. That's the only thing that keeps people from going out and just making themselves a black belt in Bushido. In Bushido is the integrity behind the um, endeavor of, of martial arts, and why this annoys Jerry and I so much is that it dilutes the integrity of true good coaches and true good practitioners out there. Yeah, I mean, we joke about it, and you see the memes that you know, you know, oh, we've been I've been training a long time, you know, COVID notwithstanding, and I'm I'm a one stripe blue belt. I'm working hard. And then you have these people like, well, my kid's already a black belt. Yeah, and we talked about Chris Messina. I'm not too keen on a master that's 12 years old. Yep. It's like, okay, I'll beat your 12-year-old's ass, <laughs> which is kind of mean, but it's like, 
Yeah. And but like you said, you know, these people who are black belt in Bushido, I've I've met so many people over the years who, and you, and you can see it. And there's probably a lot of people listening to us that have dealt with this, that they've met someone in high school who claimed they were a black belt because they took a couple of lessons of karate at the local McDojo, or they've, uh, uh, or they're just full of shit, or you'll get you, you college, or you'll go to a bar, and you'll get that thirty or forty year old guy who's four or five drinks in and now he's talking shit and he's and when someone tells him to calm down well I'm a, I'm a black belt master this and this and my hands are this and I've learned covert ops from this country and I can do this and I can do a palm strike to your nose that will drive your bone your nose bone <laughs> into, into the your brain, brain. so it's like it's like okay first of all you don't have a bone in your nose it's cartilage second of all that really doesn't physically work. <laughs> and it's like, and if you think your palm strike, this one-inch palm strike is going to drive my bone and through my brain. A non-existent bone. Yeah, that doesn't even, I don't even have. Yeah, it's going to hurt if you pop me in my nose. My eyes might tear up, but you're not. And again, it's one of those movie things. You see these movies where they do those five-finger death touches and stuff. And I've, and I've hit, you know, and it's crazy. People really think that crap works. And you'll see, this, well, I know the death touch. Okay. Okay. It's just because. I do too. It's called 357. I yeah. mean, I haven't. You That's know, the one finger yeah. death touch. <laughs> I can do a one, yeah. But I, I mean, even at nowadays, people that I, I, I know, I've known when I started boxing normal martial arts, I had an individual ask me if I had to go. After I had my first amateur fight, actually asked me if I had to go get my hands registered as weapons. I was like, "Wait, what?" You're kidding, right? And I mean, dude, dude's in you know in his forties, and he's like, "Well, yeah, because don't you have to get them registered?" Nah, man, that is the biggest bullshit ever. Well, so and so that we went to high school with, he did. No, no, he didn't. That's called bullshit. That's man, I'm so badass. My hands are registered weapons. <clears throat> that translates to, I cannot actually fight, so I'm going to talk a whole lot of shit and hope you don't actually challenge me. <laughs> that is, you know, that's a, I've, I, <laughs> when I met my, you know, me, me and my wife were dating, I had a run-in with an individual I did not like. He had a thing, you know, apparently he liked my wife too. He literally told me once, he was like, man, you know, because I was like, dude, if you ever talk to her the way you talk to her, me and you gonna have, ha, we're going to have this, we're going to have a competition. I'm going to have to hurt you. She's, you know, with me, we're dating, she's not interested in you, you're going to stop with these sexual comments. And he's like, man, I'd kick your ass, but I know the, f he had some weird sounding Asian name of this move, and he's like, and it, it could kill you. I was like, well, dude, <laughs> I don't know that, <laughs> but... I'm willing to give it a go. And it was this, he, he was trying to bluster himself out of fighting. I was like, dude, I'm down with fighting. Uh, you need me to sign a waiver? You need a yeah. witness? Yeah, we're cool. He can use his death ray finger bobber on me. Um, I understand the legality of what we're getting into. And it's like, okay. And then it was just like, I was like, yeah, dude, let's do this. And, you know, but you, and, and that's just, that's what comes to this guy. This is what this guy to me is the dude who's telling people I know the five finger death punch I've learned it from the master I know this secret stuff 
my military, you know, I was in the military, but I can't tell you what I did because it's top secret classified. You have to sign an NDA. And I, I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. I, I've done some covert stuff, and I can't talk, talk, talk about it. I mean, it, I mean, so you understand, we make fun of, their, it's so hard not to make fun of these guys. Because one, it's scary, but two, it is so funny. It's almost like, dude, please try that stuff on me. Please. I'll actually pay to go to your class. Just so you can, we'll pay for you to come here. <laughs> just let us know it. Oh, God, wouldn't that be we will, funny? We'll, I'll get a group of, we'll get a group of guys together and girls. We'll pay, we'll pay, we'll have to subscribe to one of your seminars. But we get to film it. And you can't sue us afterwards. <laughs> We're going to have to make you sign our waiver. I yes. Guess. Exactly. We're going to need you to sign this waiver real quick. No, no. There's nothing in it other than we have the rights to show the video content of what we learn in here. Meanwhile, then. We'll have a lawyer write it up. So there's a bunch of, you know, yeah. hear thou's and where to fours and basically says that. Party he, of the first part. You know, may cannot the, the party of the second yeah, part. That he cannot hold, they cannot hold us liable for any injuries, both mentally and physically, that, that may arise from the bullshit they're about to teach. <laughs> but we'll have it in Latin so they don't understand. That, that thou shalt not sue after the vicious double leg thou yeah. art about to yeah. receive. And we'll have it written up in some really, really good lawyer and politician double speaks. So they don't understand. And all they're going to see is money. Yeah, here's the money. Shh, look at the money. <laughs> don't worry about this. Here's the money. And then we'll show you how fake it is. Uh, it's so tempting. But yes. yeah, so... Yeah, well, if, if, I, I have a feeling that's what it's going to come to. I think so. It's either either this company's going to get shut down, they're going to go off air, or someone's going to someone's going to book them, book a class, and then they're going to have like a camera somewhere, and they're going to film just how bad this stuff went. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there and girls. You got a lot of <laughs> veterans out there that's going to, and, and a lot of legit martial artists that are tired as, of this as crap. As this continues to grow, I almost feel sorry for the guy if he's like out walking in public, yeah. right? So, someone's going to, someone's going to challenge you to see yeah. if it works. I, I can see, especially if he goes to like a bar or something, and you're going to have some dude a beer or two in. And they're go- you're gonna have a group of these guys are gonna probably egg each other one to see, and they're probably a rock paper scissors against because this <laughs> who challenges him to see if any of it works. All right, man. So which which move should we see if works? <laughs> if I grab him here or here? Hey, Just, I haven't seen any beer bottle defenses on the uh, yeah. on their website. So I, haven't, I mean, I haven't really seen anything that actually works as a real defense. No. I mean, you saw what happens with that that little the, the kick, kick thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> Just, I just smashed your face into the mat. Uh, but yeah, we we just wanted to. Yeah, we we're making it more of a parody because to me that's what these people are. It's a parody of real life. Uh, martial arts and self defense is a sacred, especially martial arts. I mean, it's a sacred art. It, it is an art for a reason. It's an art form, and it and it takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes blood, sweat, and tears, man. It really does. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me because I, we've talked how many times we talk about you know we're grown you know we're, we're we're married men we have jobs, and lives outside of the gym and we still find time to train and we put you know as much time as we in and we earn what we have we've earned our blue belts we're we're yeah. wanting to earn our purples and move on up and it bothers the hell out of me to watch these people. 
who just basically make up a style and call themselves a black belt and then start handing out black belts to people mm-hmm. and and it just dilutes what a martial arts really is and it, then you have and then you ha- do have a lot of skeptics out there that are like man that stuff don't really work and you see you know you'll see these videos where you know bodybuilder walks into jujitsu studio and says this stuff won't work on me and then he gets beat up it's owned. and is it because he thinks just because he's big and strong it doesn't work with because he's he just he's a skeptic and he's seen so many videos and he just thinks it's fake and, I, you, and you gotta wonder does you know they really think this stuff is fake because there's a lot of fake there's a lot of fake schools yeah. and a lot of fake martial arts yeah. out there we've we've talked about it before you know we've had um you know, good conversations about just the fake dojos that are out there. You know, it's yeah. all about the, you know, it, it's all about the, and kids' class is really important yeah. for any school, right? Yeah, but, this year, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of these places, I mean, it's all about the kids' class, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you got to pay, as soon as you start having to pay for your belt promotions. the belt promotions and the testing and the, I mean, I understand there's a business model behind this, but geez, some of the, our, our coach did not ask us for money when we tested. He did not ask us for money for our belts. He our coach, our, belts. our coach bought us nice belts as you know, cause not only are we, you know, we're working at, but to him, it's a, you know, he's showing what he's capable of doing because he's made us from slack ass white belts <laughs> to pretty decent blue belts. Enthusiastic, but untalented. Yeah, yeah, we were we were game. We just didn't have. We were game as hell. Yes, but we were getting humbled too. I still get humbled. I got humbled yesterday, but that was by you know one of our, our our coaches so i better get humbled <laughs> no not in a bad way i mean because yeah. i'm not you know what you know he he just we had a good role and he dominated me which is what he needs to do and for my idea when i roll with my my coaches and they go a little harder when they want you know when they want when they're trying to go for a harder role in themselves to practice their stuff even though i might get submitted i'm learning from the submissions like okay i messed up and got caught in that because i put my hand there so next time I know not to put my hand there. I need to move here. And it's like, yeah, I can see, I, I guess we've been doing this long, I can see that now. It's like, yep, that's how I got caught. I put my hand here. So next time, I'm not going to put my hand there. put my hand there. And I need to get on this hip, not that hip. I need to move this frame into here and not there. And I need to do this. And I need to move away. And I need to not let him get that space. I need to stay attached. Or I, or I got swept because I let him create space and yeah. I didn't I, I didn't block it so I, I learned from that and like I said we work our asses off and for these people to just oh I'm a black belt and ju do do and 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 you know Ju-do-ju. and I know all this stuff and I know death touch and this okay well let me let me see it. can you throw a kick can you throw a real punch? And you, and you to see these people, and I love when you see these people throw these weird like kicks that then the, their foot never gets above their hip, and it's just like, what is that? What in the world did you just do? Or they'll or they'll make a lot of noise and they'll swing their arms. Yeah. And they'll always do the, ah ha ha. Dude, well, I, I'm I'm not even sure what you just did. Are you clearing your throat? 
I mean, are we doing the Mr. Miyagi up and down, side to side? I mean, are we painting the fence, the you know, mating, waxing the car? That's the mating call of a Marshall retard. Yeah, the yellow belly sapsucker. Yep. And you, you, you get these fake, fake styles, and it's and like I said. If y'all don't subscribe, y'all gotta watch McDojo. Yes. Because they have some of the greatest videos of these fake styles. They truly do. And the best part is when those when those people actually get into an actual altercation with a legit fighter and get their butts handed to them. Because it shows that they're, this crap they've been talking is fake. And like I said, I'm more worried about these people who are going to buy into this crap, are going to pay the money, they're going to think this stuff works, and they're going to get hurt. Yeah. And I mean, the 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 hand to hand stuff is bad. But we, as we've said before, it's really the gun disarms that are egregious. I mean, they are. I mean, Jerry's right. They're 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 beyond they're beyond anything I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen you know, Krav Maga's got some what I would say is legit gun defense gun disarms but this stuff is just ridiculous and again Krav Maga is a lot of their gun disarms and knife disarms is you don't have a choice yeah you couldn't create the space you didn't have a choice and it is literally do or die yep and you get you realize Krav Maga is, is, is a standard uh, discipline for the Israeli defense forces mm-hmm. so you're talking about soldiers fighting other soldiers so if they're in that situation they're probably going to get shot or taken prisoner and you don't want to be prisoner of your enemy well, and again, it comes back to that style has been tested. Yeah, yeah. Right in combat, yeah. so there is some there is some truth in in what they're doing, right? Because it's been tried on the battlefield. Yeah, you know, some of the the ones that I really like watching are the the Russian Sistema guys because, yeah. like, they're. You watch their stuff, and you're like, they're either on to something, or they've been drinking too much potato yeah. vodka, and I haven't figured out which yet, you know, because they've got the, have you seen the combat shovel guy? Yeah. yeah. The combat shovel guy is my favorite. He's, like, training people to throw the trenching shovels and, and fight with the trenching shovels, and that, that guy's well, my favorite. Well, their Sistema is just, it's almost, you know, there's, there's like, outlets over there just, like, sheer violence. They're just overwhelm your attacker with just sheer brutal violence i mean i mean think about you know sword fighters they had to develop a style mm-hmm. i mean they didn't become legendary sword fire fighters you know without learning something and what they did they learned okay so this block works here if I do this, that guy can't block it fast enough, so I get a kill. And they were just guys who survived fight after fight after fight. Mm-hmm. Gunfighters of the Wild West. The guys who you remember, the dudes who survived. Yeah. You don't remember the guy who got shot, you know. Gunfighting and swordplay is not known for being tolerant of mistakes. Yeah. And so you develop, you learn really quickly, only, you know, it's not an on-the-job training thing. You know? <laughs> if you screw up, you're dead. Or you're seriously maimed. So these guys develop skills, and you look at the masters, and this master said, well, I, I learned by learning from what this guy did, and then I d- adapted to do this, you know. Uh, well, I mean, one of the best movies of all time, Princess Bride, mm-hmm. when they're fencing. They're back and forth talking about what style they're using against that style, and because of the rocky terrain, we're doing this, or because you're fighting left-handed, we're doing this, or, you know, this counters that, so I know you're going to do this, so I'm going to do that. So, and that's what they're doing. They're taking all these 
other former masters and you know that survived their fights and saying okay well he's on to something because he won however i know something that you do not know i mean i'm left-handed yeah i'm not left-handed i'm not left-handed oh i'm not left-handed either but uh you i would rather i don't want to lose i mean i don't want to learn boxing from a guy who got knocked out in his only one only fight he was ever in, he got knocked out in ten seconds into the fight. I want to le- learn the guy, even if he has a salty record, who 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 had a long career, even if he had a losing record, he he had a long career and he survived. I mean, some of these journeymen, you know, yeah, they might their they they might not be ever been a world champion, but they've won more fights than they've lost, and they know enough to teach you. I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn from a guy who's had three fights and you know got knocked out in two of them. Well, it's like the guy who asked who asked you if you could beat your coach. Yeah, yeah. And it's like if I can be my coach, why am I paying him to teach me? Yeah. It's one thing to you know if you're rolling and he's and and, and they're working on something and you catch. Yeah. Catch them on something because they were working on a defense and they didn't. It didn't work that time, so they got to reset, and you got a submission. Or they were look, doing one thing, and you catch them because they weren't really, you know, you pull something out. But when we pull something out, and we do something that that is awesome, you can see the look in our coach's face because he'll smile and his eyes will light because it's like, dude, you know, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was good. That you, yeah, and he'll tell you that was good. That was cool. That was great. That was awesome because you did something that he might not expect you to do, and you caught him off guard a little bit. Don't brag about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's somebody. Yeah, we there's somebody. I think it was what was it Chewy or BJJ Fanax or some guy was talking was bragging about he that he has a blue belt. He tapped his coach with a oh, with yeah, an ankle yeah. lock or no a heel hook, and you know, and was bragging about. It. People were like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're a blue belt. Dude's gonna beat your ass around the fucking mat. Yeah, especially if they see this. It's like, dude, you didn't beat him. He was probably working on something. I so what? So you caught your coach one time in a hill hook that he probably didn't even know you knew. So he wasn't he wasn't defending against something he probably wasn't even didn't even know you learned on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> right. And now you're gonna brag about it? You didn't win a tournament. You ain't a UFC champion. You didn't win Abu Dhabi. You won. You yeah. got one submission and a roll. In well, the did gym. he even did he even really win? He caught his coach. It's, I mean, it's yeah, not even really a win. Yeah, because you don't know how much they're working on on their own. I mean, you know, and sometimes you can you'll you, you'll see there's a difference, and people better learn that. There's a difference when someone's letting you work, and someone decides that today I'm I'm yep I'm going to just roll to my level and and see what I can do. And then you see people like, wait a minute, what? I've been doing really well. What just happened? Yeah, what just happened? I just got manhandled. Yep. I've been working. Yep. All right, man. So we could go on for this about hours. Yeah, we could just roll for a while. We could just roll for a while. But we're going to leave it here. Um, So check out the uh, social medias. I'm sure you guys will find uh, who we're talking about. Like I said, we're not going to get sued by this moron because all he'd get is seven bucks. And, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, anyway, just and he has to prove that we actually defamed him. Yes, exactly. Because uh, we're we not will, saying anything untrue. And we will fight, and you know, and I will declare <clears throat> judgment by combat. I think trial by combat would be That's, appropriate. Yeah, I'll be trial by combat. Trial by I combat. De- would I, de- be I declare, if you want, you know, <laughs> you gotta beat me in combat. 
Oh, all right, man. You got anything else for the no, day? Man. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for listening. As always, we're creeping up on the next uh, donation for Guardians Group. So uh, we'll post when we do that. And again, congratulations to Nick Lowry on his second pro fight. Didn't go the way that uh, that we all hoped it would, but you know what? Like I said, he's yeah. out there doing the thing. So good job to, yeah, to he's Nick. getting after it, man. He'll bounce back real fast and probably be back out there as soon as he can. Yep. All right, so until next week, you've been listening to Rolling Rocks Radio. Thank you very much. He's Jerry Armitrout. Later. I'm Scott Barker. We're out. My name is Thomas Dillon. You may know me as the man who supposedly killed his own son to collect insurance money. The truth is my little boy, Walter, was abducted by a religious cult. They took him to a parallel world, to an America run by religious fanatics and plagued by disease. I know because I've been there. And I found my son. It's a place of magic and malice and ignorance where faith healing is medical care and government enforcers dress like Klansmen. Now, I know I sound crazy. Like, this is the plot of a dystopian dark fantasy novel that would appeal to fans of Neil Gaiman. And indeed, that's how I had to get my story out, by teaming up with writer Matthew Warner. He published my first-person account as a novel called Empire of the Goddess. Publishers Weekly called it quick-paced and intriguing. Can you believe that? But he let me record the audiobook, because only I can tell you my story. And it's going to blow your mind. Look for it on Amazon and at MatthewWarner.com. Empire of the Goddess. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album Wailing Village.